0: two geeks two beers episode 66 wonder woman
1: woman flying your invisible plane i see
2: uh
1: boy this is awkward i'm i'm uh, actually in the lavatory of the invisible plane oh oh you mean right now you're yeah so i couldn't help but notice you didn't wash your hands in the invisible sink hello and welcome to episode 66 of two geeks two beers with me morgan and in his satin tights fighting for (laughs) his rights it's tom I knew the webcam was a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, this Zoom call is uh, taking a strange turn. (laughs) So, uh, long ago, when we were all free to roam the streets, we had planned an episode to tie into the June 2020 release of Wonder Woman 1984. Since then, society has collapsed, and uh, while that film has been postponed to August, we find ourselves with a lot more time on our hands. (laughs) Hence, the early release of this episode exploring the wonderful world of Wonder Woman, or specifically the uh, 1970s television series, which, as you'll discover, underwent plenty of shifts and changes itself. Now, Tom, obviously you know who Wonder Woman is.
0: Mm, yeah, I've heard of You're it.
1: aware. Yeah. 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 Um, but how much do you know about this specific small screen iteration of the character?
0: Um, nothing, other than I've seen... Um... Obviously, photos and footage of Linda Carter as Wonder Woman, and her—I think she's up there with like Princess Leia as like the, you know, the um the ultimate nerd's dream of a woman. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, per- per- perfectly um uh, explained in the OC when uh, uh Seth Cohen gets um was was a summer dresses up as uh as 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 her in that is that the same sort of was that the same Wonder Woman garb the same one similar yeah. Um, but that's kind of it. I know about Lasso of Truth um, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, I know next to nothing about Wonder Woman. To be honest, I haven't even seen the new, the latest one with Gal Gadot. i have not seen it. So you've not, you've not seen what? No. Well, I, I, DC's dead to me. After I, I tried up until um, what was it, Batman vs Superman, and I, I, she was good in it. So I've seen mm-hmm. her in that. Um, but she was barely in that film. And um, but I've never. I know that I've heard the film is good, but I've not seen it.
1: Yeah, it's worth... you know Take yourself out of the whole DCU, DCEU, Worlds of DC, Expanded take it as Universe a mess. Song. Take it as a standalone. Okay. It's good. I will. I will watch um, it. So uh, you don't know a lot about um, Wonder Woman, although you know Lasso of Truth, weirdly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I knew a little bit about... Um, the Wonder Woman TV series that we're going to be talking about. Um, But I learned a lot more researching this episode. And it's a series that starts off with a very particular style and format, and then it goes through several reboots uh, along the way and relaunches, and madness ensues. (laughs) Um, So it ran for three seasons, uh, which is 59 episodes and a movie-length pilot uh, between the 7th of November, 1975, and September the 11th, 1979. Uh, And before we talk about the Linda Carter-led series, we need to address something else. Yeah. The the Wonder Woman series that could have been Wonder Woman 1974. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So in 1974, uh, the American network ABC aired the TV movie Wonder Woman, produced by Warner Brothers. And this was a 75-minute TV film, which was intended to be a pilot for a potential series. Uh, It was directed by Vincent McAviti, who was a veteran TV director who had gone on to helm both Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo and Herbie Goes Bananas. I mean, they're very good Uh, Herbie films. So this was only the start of an illustrious career for him. Uh, It was written by John D.F. Black, who would go on to co-write the original Shaft. Uh, And it starred, for some reason, professional tennis player and actress Kathy Lee Crosby as Wonder Woman. Oh. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm a tennis fan, and I have to say, I'm not, I'm not uh, familiar with Crosby's career. Um, so, when you say professional tennis player, was she like a.
1: No, she was, she was a pretty big deal.
0: Okay, cool. She wasn't like an Andrew Castle situation where you say you're <laughs> a professional tennis player, but, you know. Okay,
1: carry on. The Wonder Woman of this, uh, this film, this TV film, bore a little resemblance to the traditional version of the character and either costume or abilities. No costume or uh, abilities. Well, she had a costume, but it wasn't really the Wonder Woman costume. And she had abilities, but they weren't really Wonder Woman's abilities. Um, Though uh, her invisible plane is referenced in dialogue. Do you know that? Wonder Woman has an invisible plane? No. Uh, No? Uh,
0: (laughs) I thought you just meant like her... (laughs) The the other sort of plane. I don't know, like a...
1: (laughs) What? Like she's from from like like a nether realm.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Why not? She's from the invisible plane.
0: So when you say plane, do you mean like like a jet um, like an actual like Boeing 747 or
1: well I, I can't tell you because it's invisible I don't know
0: <laughs> no one's seen it no one knows what it looks like okay. she's
1: just sort of she's just sort of sat there <laughs> so is she piloting to... oh, well I presume yeah presu- she's sat right, in like, so like she's,
0: seat she's not got people on it like um stewardesses and stuff like that and they're all <laughs> invisible
1: she doesn't want run Wonder Woman Airlines. No, she's got like she's got like a one person jet that she flies, but it's invisible, so you can't really see what model of jet. That's it. a
0: very that's a very specific. Um, I don't know. Not even a skill. Um, power, I guess. Can she make other things invisible? Or is it just the plane?
1: Just I think she's got this invisible plane, and I'm not entirely clear on whether or not she makes it invisible, or whether or not she just ha- like was she given upon- it an invisible plane at some point. I, 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 I guess it's some kind of, like, Amazon magic that they've got an invisible plane.
0: So I assume she can make other things invisible if she wanted to, but she's gone with the plane for some reason. Why does it need to be invisible, anyway?
1: Uh, well, I, I guess for stealth, you know, but you, it's not like she's invisible. You can always see her. She's just sort of, like, levitating. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's pointless because
0: people can still see her coming. I thought the whole point was that she like can arrive in like some sort of luxury, but um, without anyone seeing.
1: <laughs> again, again, it's more like a fighter jet, not like first class. I don't see the jet. point.
0: So it's invisible. <laughs> can they hear it? Can they hear the plane? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so you can hear a massive plane coming towards them, and they can just see the, the disembodied head of Linda Carter.
1: Well, that's not her head. It's not, no, it's not the thing. It's not even her head, because it's not like it's poking out the cockpit, because all of it's <laughs> so, visible. So
0: okay, can... so okay, so you can just see Linda Carter, or whoever's Wonder Woman, sat down in a seated yeah. position.
1: Correct. Flying through the air. Sat, sat, sat down as you normally are in a seated
0: position, yeah. With the jet engine sounds going on. Yeah. That's a very odd power to have.
1: Well, that's, but, that's why it wasn't portrayed on screen in this Wonder Woman yeah, pilot I think they TV read, movie.
0: I think they read that and went, yeah, it's a bit... I, yeah okay let's just leave it
1: <laughs> so as I say it didn't have um, hey, what, what, can't, what, what, she fl- can't she fly no <laughs> well, not unless she's can't in her invisible jet
0: okay that's, so that's why she's got the jet because it, okay, okay fine carry on
1: <laughs> so the only aspect of uh, Diana's classic costume retained for this film were her bracelets her famous bracelets but in this oh, film yeah. they were depicted as uh, James Bond style gadgets uh, okay. nothing magical about them so it seems like, on paper, like this is nothing like any kind of Wonder Woman we know. However, there are some similarities to the character's uh, portrayal in this to uh, an era of the comics, an unpopular era, it has to be said, uh, from the late 60s, early 70s, where, uh, desperate to counter-flagging comic sales, DC revamped Wonder Woman as an Emma Peel-like heroine without powers who was trained in martial arts by her blind sensei, ai Qing. They
0: were doing a bit of a Dark Knight-type thing try trying to make it realistic, sort of, I assume.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll show you a, a, a snippet from the, the movie in a minute and you'll, you'll sort of see why it's not, quite, it's not quite on the par with the Nolan Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, so in this film, Wonder Woman is pitted against the saboteur, Abner Smith, played by Ricardo Montalban.
2: <laughs> you are so totally captivating. Let me make love to you. Why? Because your eyes reach into my... You misunderstood me. I didn't mean why should you want to. I meant why should I. Don't you find me attractive, appealing? Yes. But there are quite a few attractive and appealing men in this world. I don't care about the others. Oh, George. You don't. You're fast. I like you. Thank you. Now, if you'll excuse me. There's no reason to run away. Oh, I know that, George. Good night. What a pig.
1: (laughs) There's no reason to run away. (laughs) There's no reason to run away apart from the fact that you're super creepy. (laughs) You're fast.
0: (laughs) I like it. He's having dinner with someone and goes, Let me make love to you. That's not going to work, is it? (sighs) Ugh.
1: So this pilot uh, aired originally on uh, the 12th of March 1974 and was repeated on the 21st of August of that year, but its ratings were described by the Washington Post as respectable, but not exactly wondrous, and ABC did not pick up the pilot. An ABC executive later admitted that updating the character was a mistake, and a contemporary Newsday review called it disgraceful. (laughs) Um the 2004 book what were they thinking labeled the pilot like my as
0: favorite book of all time that sounds amazing
1: <laughs> it labeled the pilot as one of the 100 dumbest events in television what was particularly bad um, about it you saw it
0: yeah, <laughs> i know but like redfall yeah, yeah i mean it it was i don't know it was made well at least it was
2: you
1: know i mean I'm sure the director of photography didn't drop the ball but I think everyone, everyone else did like it's not Wonder Woman <laughs> the and, yeah. and, and the script and the acting is dreadful and sex uh, AF yeah exactly though having said that this is notable for being the first ever female led superhero TV project um, huh. predating the likes of the bionic woman so even At though it's only a them. pilot even though it was a pilot it was the first female led superhero TV project So despite that debacle, Warner Brothers and ABC did not give up on the idea of a Wonder Woman TV series. Uh, ABC still felt a Wonder Woman series had potential. And within a year, another pilot was in production. So they uh, made another TV film, TV movie pilot, called The New Original Wonder Woman, which I'm pretty (laughs) sure is an oxymoron. Uh, And this ran to to 90 minutes and aired on the 7th of November, 1975. Uh, Scripting duties were given to Stanley Ralph Ross, who was instructed to be more faithful to the comic book. You couldn't really be less faithful. Um, and this attempt to more closely matched the original character, comic character created by William Moulton Marston right down to the World War II setting. Uh, and it includes a comic-accurate costume, which won costume designer Donald Lee Feld, or Don Feld, as he was credited, uh, an Emmy nomination in 1978. Now, Kathy Lee Crosby later claimed she had been offered the chance to reprise the lead role of Wonder Woman in this new pilot she claimed. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, but uh, apparently 2,000 actresses went up for the role of Wonder Woman in this new pilot, including all three of the original Charlie's Angels, Farrah Fawcett, Jacqueline Smith, Kate Jackson, and uh, David Bowie's wife, Angela Bowie. Bowie Bowie? Apparently she also <laughs> uh, tried out for the role of Wonder Woman. 2,000 people? That's what Linda... Again, that is what Linda Carter alleges.
0: Okay, right. It's funny, back then... Uh, things are pretty bad now back then sexism and all that i mean he saw that clip you know dreadful It gets to the point where it's like you're surprised he didn't go like um this uh wonder woman could it uh could it be a, be a man
1: <laughs> <laughs> i love wonder woman i love it but how about we make it wonder man <laughs>
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. When you said it couldn't be less faithful, that might have been it.
1: Just make- <laughs> That's true. It's the only thing they could have done yeah. worse. Yeah. <laughs> only thing they could have done worse. So, as we know, Linda Carter was ultimately cast as Wonder Woman. Uh, Carter was an Arizona beauty queen who had later taken acting classes at several New York acting schools and used savings set aside from days touring with her band to pursue acting in Los Angeles. Those funds were almost exhausted. She only had twenty five dollars in her bank account bit like me. Um, And she was about to give up on her dream and return home to Arizona when she beat out uh, Blade Runner actress, Joanna Cassidy, to the part of Wonder Woman. Uh, Of of the part, Carter said, I want women to want to be me or be my best friend. It's interesting you were talking about uh, sexism because not only was this uh, one of the first female-led superhero TV projects, (laughs) but it was also progressive in other ways. Linda Carter not at first, but eventually, made a million dollars a year. Uh, she, that's what she was paid for Wonder Woman, uh, which was one of the most lucrative contracts for a woman in Hollywood ever at that time. And, guess what else? Um, should I be able to she guess? W- <laughs> she was paid more than her male co-stars. Oh, well, you'd think so, surely.
0: Sure. I just assumed right. that was the case. If you're the lead star in your programme...
1: Well, that's because you're very enlightened, Tom. Um, but... Yeah, as you say, again, she's Wonder again, Woman. Again, even even,
0: she... even back then, like, the, the idea that they'd go, um, that bloke who's in, like, three scenes of you, we're going to pay him more because he's a man? Like, and, and, come oh. on. It's Wonder Woman. She's playing Wonder Woman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I know. in the title. I know, oh. but it was, apparently, it was rare at the time that even when there was a show with a female lead, the men would usually be paid more. That's so sad, isn't it? So... Uh, in this, in this new revamped pilot, Diana, Linda Carter, volunteers to return intelligence operative and United States Army Air Corps officer, Steve Trevor, who's played by Lyle Wagoner, uh, to Washington DC after he crashes his airplane on Paradise Island.
2: What do you think it is? I think it's called a parachute. But what's it doing here on Paradise Island? It's a man. He's been hurt. He's almost dead, Rena. A man here on our island? Just help me get him out of this contraption. Help me lift him. Be careful. never seen a man uh, in the flesh before who of us have
1: so upon arriving in washington dc diana establishes the secret identity of diana prince and begins working for steve while also battling nazis as her super powered alter ego wonder woman Uh, And this second pilot was a ratings hit. It was successful enough for ABC to greenlight a series. Um, They ordered initially two hour-long episodes, which aired as specials in April of 1976, and then later 11 more episodes uh, comprising the rest of the first season, which aired from October onwards. And I think we've held off long enough. It's time for you to experience... Have you ever heard the Wonder Woman theme song? I don't think I have. I might have done. We'll, We'll find out now. You're about to. Something pretty special.
0: Can't be worse than Hulk cartoon. Uh.
1: (laughs) It's not worse than Hulk.
0: Uh, two things to mention there. i um, mm. couldn't see because uh, it's audio. Um, but it, it, t- two of the guest stars of that, at least that episode, I don't know if they're in it all mm. the time, Red Button, that's his name, and <laughs> and Fanny Flagg. I mean, that's the 70s for you right there.
1: So the Wonder Woman theme song, uh, the, the music was by Charles Fox and the lyrics were by Norman Gimble and uh, Gimbal and Fox, as well as writing the Wonder Woman theme song, do you know what famous song they wrote? No. Killing Me Softly. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. Well, they, they <laughs> upgraded.
1: Yeah. Well, they, um, they did. Well, no, Fox also wrote the theme song for the Love Boat. Love, <laughs> exciting and new. So, he knocked out some classics. Um, and Gimbal wrote the English lyrics to a number of Brazilian and French songs, including the girl from Ipanema.
0: Can no, I just say that Fanny Flagg, um, best known for being a semi-regular panellist on a uh, game show, Match Game, and for the 1987 novel Fried Green Tomatoes at the Whistlestop Cafe, which huh. was uh, adapted into the 1991 motion picture, Fried Green Tomatoes.
1: Wait, she wrote the novel?
0: Yeah, she was nominated for Academy Award for screenplay adaptation, so well done, Miss Flagg. Wow. Flag. wow. Uh, right,
1: Carol. And, uh, oh, a One and, red button. Uh, <laughs> match Match Game.
0: That's game, yeah.
1: That was, that was the American version of Blankety Blank, I believe.
0: Ah, okay, cool. If I search Red Button, I just get the BBC Red Buttons. That's not gonna help me. I think
1: it was Red Buttons, plural. Red
0: Buttons, okay, hang on. You never know. you sold him short. Red Buttons. Oh, no, here he is, here he is. Uh, he, won Oscar well. he won an Oscar He won an Oscar. He won an Oscar and a Golden Globe for a supporting role in the 1957 film Sayonara. Just looks like he's just a really great character actor, acted for ages, passed away in 2006. Yeah, I take it back, Mr Buttons. Well, that, was, that is quite the name though, isn't
1: it? Anyway, carry on. Well no, it's perfect, because we're segueing now into uh, the rest of the cast. Um, so cast alongside Linda Carter in the first season were, as you saw there Tom, Lyle Wagoner and yeah. Steve Trevor, which is the same character that uh, Chris Pine plays in the new yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. Um, that character was first introduced to DC Comics in 1941. Uh, and Wagoner had previously come close to playing another comic book character, Batman, in the 1960s TV series. Uh, oh. It was between him and Adam West for the role. So
2: There you go. Seen here is Lyle Wagoner playing the part of millionaire Bruce Wayne, testing with Peter Dayell, who performs in the role of Dick Grayson. It looks black as pitch, Dick. I've been through all my father's old law books, and I don't see we have a leg to stand on my identity exposed, my value as a secret crime fighter ended, everything I've trained myself for since my parents were murdered in the ash can, gone up the chute, oh, that's too terrible to face. It's a dirty trick.
0: Oh dear, that made the Robin there, that wasn't yeah. Peter Dale. But um, yeah, obviously Adam West was brilliant as Batman, but I would love to have seen Lyle Wagoner give it a good go, because I think he did oh. it quite differently.
1: Yeah, a lot of people uh, in the comments there on the YouTube clip were saying he's got a bit of a George Clooney vibe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think but he was sold he short... got a good gig in the end, so... Uh, yeah, exactly. I think he was sold short by being paired with an inferior Robin there. <laughs> um, Wagoner at the time, was also considered a sex symbol, having done a semi-nude pictorial in the first issue of Playgirl. Um, <laughs> was it not... full, frontal? full frontal, like uh, Burt Reynolds? Well, it says semi-nude, so I assume he didn't get his Steve Trevor out. <laughs> um... <laughs> He, he was also, apparently, the mayor of Encino, California. Oh. But while he, was, while he was doing Wonder Woman, he was also just the mayor of some town in California. That, it sounds like um, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> or Buster Crab. Hmm. Um So the role of, of uh, Steve Trevor in Wonder Woman was almost written for him. Uh, Stanley, Ralph Ross's pilot script, describes Steve Trevor as a Lyle Wagoner type. Or better <laughs> yet, get Lyle Wagoner. <laughs> um, get Lyle Wagoner. Get get me Lyle. Um, Wagoner sadly passed away uh, just last month. Oh, was uh, bad. well, it was yeah, that we're doing this
0: episode then.
1: It is it's a little tribute to Lyle. Uh, he, mm. he passed away on the seventeenth of March, uh, twenty twenty, aged eighty four. Uh, Linda Carter said, "Lyle Wagoner was a memorable colleague and co-star, but he was also a friend. His kindness meant the world to me when I was very young and just starting my career. Lyle and I last spoke in twenty eighteen, and I'm so glad we had the chance to catch up." I will miss you
2: not. Yes, I noticed the two, Diana. They played every stop on the sabotage circuit. Make a great cover for an enemy operation. Perhaps if we could get one of our own agents into that beauty contest. Might flush him out. Take a really beautiful girl, though. Someone with all the right qualifications. <laughs> well, I'd be willing to try. Thanks, Diana. I know you do a wonderful job. But I'm afraid this calls for a really gorgeous girl. Someone who looks great in a bathing suit.
1: Uh,. Other characters in Wonder Woman, uh, the first season at least, were uh, Steve's boss, General Blankenship, uh, who was played by John Randolph in the pilot and Richard Eastham in the series. And he was based on the comic character, General Phil Darnell. Uh, Happy Days actress, Beatrice Colin. She played Blankenship's secretary, Etta Candy, who again is a character from the comics who was played by uh, Lucy Davis in the 2017 movie. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, and in a recurring role, uh, Deborah Winger. Later a three-time Oscar nominee for her film appearances in An Officer and a Gentleman, Terms of Endearment*, and, uh, and Shadowlands. She played, oh. uh, she played Wonder Girl, who was Diana's younger sister. Oh. Uh, apparently the character was quite popular, and apparently Winger was offered a spin-off, uh, but she didn't enjoy playing the part, as she spent most of her fee buying herself out of her contract with Warner Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, lot so, of, uh,
0: there's a lot of Oscar talent in this uh, production.
1: Uh, there is A lot of lot of great names attached. I mean, notable guest stars across the series run included Rick Springfield. <laughs> nice. Uh, David Hedison, who played Felix Leiter in a couple of James Bond movies. Uh, Roddy McDowell, who wasn't Oscar-nominated, but should have been for Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. John Saxon of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Enter the Dragon fame. Ted Shackelford of Dallas, and more importantly, Space Precinct. <laughs> and, and... Barry Van Dyke, yes, amazing.
0: <laughs> I don't know he did anything else other than Diagnosis Murder. I'm glad he had another <laughs> yeah. good. Win.
1: Most most famous for Diagnosis Murder and being son of Dick. Yes, um, <laughs> and also uh, Wonder Woman featured two actors with other DC Comics connections: uh, Frank Gorshin, who uh, best known for playing the Riddler in the 1960s Batman TV series, and Bob Hastings who later voiced Commissioner Gordon in Batman the Animated Series.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice link.
1: So this new Wonder Woman series had a comic book aesthetic. Uh, As you saw, the series title sequence was animated in the form of a series of comic book panels featuring Wonder Woman performing a variety of heroic feats. Uh, But also within the show, scene setting and exposition was handled through comic book style text panels. Good. Uh, But there were some... (laughs) Good, good. Um... (laughs) Got here, but there were some tweaks to the comic, uh, including again, forward thinking. Diana was a, a navy officer rather than a nurse. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with being a nurse, but at the right. time, I, I think I think being a nurse would have been seen as a traditionally female yeah. role. Yeah. And instead, she was a navy officer. Yeah. Um, and her powers, rather than being kind of inherent, were uh, were tied to her magic belt. And one significant other change was uh, the way in which Diana became Wonder Woman. Uh, So this series introduced the idea of her spinning around uh, and becoming Wonder Woman. Uh, Because during the filming of the pilot, producers were trying to figure out a way to show how Diana would become Wonder Woman. uh, And Linda Carter, who had a dance background, suggested she do a sort of ballet spin.
0: you wouldn't want to do that accidentally though because I feel like when she does that spin it's not it's not ob- I, know, I don't know why you would do a couple of spins in a row but you know be careful
1: yeah is, if she's on just like a merry-go-round or something is it yeah or if oh, like, oh, oh if shit. there's a
0: like, like, fly buzzing round you in, in, in the <laughs> and, and you just sort of twirl, ah get, off, get off. oh no oh my god it's Wonder Woman <laughs>
1: Uh, So shooting uh, this original transformation sequence took 45 minutes, uh, with the camera being locked off while Carter went into hair, makeup and costuming to become Wonder Woman. Mm. Uh, But the spinning transformation uh, proved popular and was later incorporated into the comics and animated uh, appearances such as Justice League Unlimited. Uh, In early episodes, the transformed Wonder Woman uh, would leave her civilian clothes nearby in a closet or locker. And according to Wikipedia, how she changes back to Diana is never shown, although presumably she must return to the location to retrieve her clothes. So, after saving the day, she has to sneak back in, still in full Wonder Woman costume, and sort of like, open the locker. Hope no one sees. Get her, her old clothes out. Um, yeah. This aspect was dropped from later episodes.
0: Not surprised, not surprised.
1: Uh, this series began at a time when violence on television was under intense scrutiny. I'm not entirely sure why. Um, as a result, Wonder Woman wasn't often seen punching or kicking people um, beyond the early episodes. Uh, she would usually be shown pushing and throwing enemies or using creativity to get them to somehow knock themselves out. Okay. Um, despite the wartime setting, she, al- she almost never resorted to deadly force. <laughs> The, the only exception occurs in the pilot episode when she sinks a German U-boat by crashing an airplane into it, presumably killing everyone aboard. Um, so, so, when, so when she does resort... She doesn't always resort to deadly force, but when she does...
0: I mean, that sounds like a serious war cry. I mean...
1: That's-
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Whoops. Uh, so Linda Carter was uh, often keen to perform her own stunts. <clears throat> she even went against producers' wishes to hold onto a helicopter suspended 50 feet in the air for a season two episode. During season one, Wonder Woman has the ability to impersonate anyone's voice, uh, which would come in handy over the telephone. She did not use this ability in seasons two and three.
0: <laughs> the, classic, <laughs> the classic kind of the Harry Potter thing, I call it, where you have a skill and then never bring it back. Like in yeah. Azkaban, where they can time travel or something. and then <laughs> Yeah, back, yeah. Come on. You just forget.
1: Was it just not the call for it? Yeah. Must, have, must have, surely it would have come in handy at some point, some <laughs> point. Um, obviously, we'll get on to the later seasons uh, later, but it's worth mentioning now that uh, Diana also exhibited other powers in the show's third season, particularly in the episode The Deadly Dolphin, uh, in which she is shown communicating telepathically with animals and generating bursts of an unknown form of energy to scare away a killer shark. Never, never, uh-huh. uh, never, seen, never seen before or since, can just suddenly energy yeah. blasts. Are
0: they doing the last Skywalker um, technique of just, in, just like, adding powers whenever they fancied it?
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, you know, when Jedis can now heal out of nowhere. That came out.
1: Uh, got, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. 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 Any excuse to have a dig at the new Star Wars movies?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we all enjoy it.
1: So, uh, Wonder Woman's bracelets... Uh, which we mentioned earlier, uh, they could be used to deflect bullets. You may have seen clips of you know, Linda Carter using her bracelets mm. to repel bullets. Uh, the sparks from the bullet impact were not, as I always thought, a visual effect. Uh, instead, the prop master wired up Carter's bracelets to spark with the actress herself operating them. So she pressed like a little, little button. Oh. And spark. Real sparks would fly it from the a bracelets.
0: Lot of, uh, put a lot of faith into the actress's uh, wor- uh, workload there. but
1: um, what, I mean... What- did you not hear me when I said she hung, you know, 50 feet in the air off a helicopter? Linda Carter <laughs> was true. hardcore. But
0: why didn't they just put the whole Wonder Woman suit as a uh, bullet-repelling
1: <laughs> material? Because then she'd just stand there, and it wouldn't look as cool. She has to <laughs> do it with her bracelet. Or maybe it is, or maybe she just wants to, like, show off with her bracelets.
0: Yeah, she's probably just, yeah, so hard, it doesn't really matter. So she's going, I'll just do it like this. <laughs>
1: So, uh, despite good ratings for the first season, ABC uh, delayed on picking up the show for a second season. Uh, This was because Wonder Woman was a period piece set in the 1940s, which made the sets, the costumes, uh, the cars more expensive to produce. But rival network CBS agreed to pick up the show on one condition, that the setting be changed from its uh, original setting of World War II, the 1940s, to the modern day. Okay, Okay. because I I thought that's where it was set,
0: yeah.
1: And you were not wholly wrong. (laughs) Once. Uh, So with season two, uh, the show's uh, title was changed to the new adventures of Wonder Woman, and the series moved away from international intrigue uh, to become a more conventional police slash detective action type show that was more common in the 1970s. Like TJ
0: Hooker or something.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like it's like T.J. Hooker, but instead of a slightly aging, overweight William Shatner, you've got Linda Carter. Um, so, I there's a reason
0: as to why it's suddenly in the seventies.
1: Not really, but they do kind of address what happens in between. Okay. So, season two picks up over three decades uh, after the events of season one. Hell of a time jump. Uh, it's revealed that Wonder Woman remained active from 1942 to 1945 and was honoured by Franklin D. Roosevelt for her uh, work against the Axis powers. But at some point, I guess at the end of the war, she returned to her home of Paradise Island. Uh, Aging slowly because of her Amazon nature, she Uh, returns from Paradise Island after a 35-year absence, uh, looking pretty much the same, uh, to become an agent with the Interagency Defense Command, or IADC, a CIA-slash-FBI-type organisation fighting crime, espionage, and the occasional alien invasion. (laughs) <laughs> ah, so, Nazi, okay, Nazis are out, aliens are in for okay, season two
0: cool.
1: Like Indiana Jones? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but better um, <laughs> The original Steve Trevor was revealed to have risen to the rank of Major General and died sadly I mean, ah. in the uh, 35 year interim between the first and second seasons although, La Wagoner remained with the series portraying Trevor's son, Steve Jr. Nice <laughs> Nice and and okay so w- what's your thoughts there where he was he was playing the dad and now he's playing the son i mean it's all right. what's, <laughs> wrong, what's wrong with that well there could be the potential for some oh you know bit weird
0: oh i see what you mean now um, i thought you meant like logistically of the actor playing the um <laughs> no, no 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 no, no not, not not logistically i'm thinking more morally okay did did wonder woman actually have any romantic thing with with in original Lyle
1: well, so so Wonder Woman and the first Steve Trevor were established as having something of a romantic relationship okay. I don't know if they ever like but you know it was certain they certainly clearly digged each other
0: okay
1: producers here decided to avoid any ickiness by having Diana and Steve Jr remain just good friends
0: okay so yeah but then yeah because how old was Lyle Wagner at this point
1: he looked a lot 30s. older than
0: Linda Carter in, in, the, in, the, in the intro Is what I'm saying
1: I think he was. Yeah. <laughs> so so your, your point is your, your point is the romance was always icky. Yeah. 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 That was just classic Hollywood for you, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the post-war fates of General Blankenship, Etta Candy and Wonder Girl were never revealed. Well. well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, fr- the first nine episodes of season two saw Diana paired with Steve and their boss was Joe Atkinson played by Norman Burson who was another Felix Leiter in Diamonds of <laughs> Forever. Um, he was a weathered IADC agent. Uh, But the Atkinson character was then dropped and Steve was promoted to become IADC director. This was a decision allegedly fueled uh, by animosity at the time between Linda Carter and Lar Wagoner. Asked about their relationship at the time, Lar Wagoner, (laughs) this is a direct quote, just say, he told TV Guide with a slight smile, the spotlight is not willing to be shared. No but whatever the reason, there were fewer appearances from "La Wagoner in the series from that point on, and Sandra Sharp joined the cast as Eve, Steve's assistant, to give him another character to share scenes with. Now at the beginning of uh, season two, uh, the Wonder Woman" theme song, which you've heard and now love," uh, oh, yeah. was, was rewritten to remove uh, references to the Access Powers," reflecting the show's new present- day setting and the action depicted in the uh, opening animated comic panels was also updated but beginning with episode nine of season two the man who made volcanoes uh the show underwent another soft reboot and the opening title sequence was changed again and this revamp title sequence featured a now mostly instrumental version of the theme song which meant no more satin tights and no more fighting for her rights (sighs) Season two, and you'll love this, uh, season two also introduced Ira, a super intelligent computer, and towards the end of the season, a small mobile robot called Rover was added for comic relief.
0: Oh, no, they've done the classic, they've done the classic, the, uh, the, the what was it, the, um, the snarf, snarf. thing. Yeah. Oh No, no one wants Scrappy-doo. it. Scrappy-doo. But no one's ever wanted it.
1: No. He mm. used to go, uh meep meep and it was the exact same noise as Roadrunner literally like the exact same noise uh, Wonder Woman also in season 2 she had a slightly modified costume with a tiara that could uh, double as a boomerang oh. uh, and uh, season 2 also introduced new variants on her outfit including a diving uniform for underwater missions or a wonder wetsuit and a special uniform with a gold helmet for whenever she rode motorcycles oh. weirdly didn't have a pilot's uniform <laughs> think she would think she would <laughs> Uh, again, the producers of Wonder Woman Generally maintained her no-kill policy Although there were exceptions In one episode, she is forced to destroy a clone of Adolf Hitler
0: <laughs> you, can't, you can't leave that there what was the, uh, Why and how?
1: Well, there was a, there was a clone of Hitler So she, she had to kill it She had to kill it, Tom I mean, It yeah. was Hitler
0: Yeah, in the 70s, for no reason <laughs>
1: Yeah All right. <laughs> the show from season two onwards starts to go a little. A little bit. Bash-hit. A little bit. It's a clone about Hitler. <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> so, with the beginning of the third season, further changes were made uh, to better target the show at a teenage audience, which the network saw as being its uh, sort of target audience. Mm. Uh, the title theme was re recorded again, this yeah. time to, get, to give it a disco vibe. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, it's the height of disco. <laughs> I missed it. Okay, I quite. I, is that my favourite? Could be my favourite. I like the uh, the disco vibe of it.
1: Most most people, that's their favourite. The disco, mm. the disco vibe. Also, I just want to let the listeners know that while we were watching that, you said, "I love Lar Wagoner's face. I love his cheeky <laughs> little grin."
0: In those two intros, he just pops up and he's just like just a smile be a beaming smile. Lar Wagoner. <laughs>
1: So again, to target uh, Wonder Woman at a uh, teenage audience, episodes began to revolve around topical subjects of the 70s, like skateboarding and roller coasters and the environment, which is, which is always an important issue. Uh, Wonder Woman also got another costume variant for extreme sports.
0: <laughs> like Triple like X. <XXX. laughs> yeah. Vin Diesel, oh, Xander Cage. Uh, <laughs>
1: And uh, the character of Eve disappeared. That was a little little note there. Um, (laughs) The final episode of uh, season three, or at least the final episode produced, was called The Man Who Could Not Die. And it was intended to relaunch the show ahead of a fourth season uh, and saw Diana reassigned to the Los Angeles Bureau of the IADC with a new supporting cast. Uh, These included Dale Hawthorne, played by John Duran, who was Diana's new boss. Brett Cassidy, played by Bob Segrin, who was the 1968 Olympic champion in pole vaulting. <laughs> uh, he played... He played, we'll a enhan-
0: then.
1: Yeah, he, he played a genetically enhanced man who was indestructible. Uh, another, another character intended to become a regular was a streetwise youngster named T. Burton Phipps III, <laughs> Play, played by, and I shit you not, an actor called James Bond the <laughs> Third. <laughs> <laughs> it says. It says on Wikipedia of, of this character, this streetwise youngster character. He's inexplicably allowed to hang out at the IADC. <laughs> so it's like a toxic organisation. They've just Why got this like. It? He's just got this uh, hip streetwise teen just hanging out with him. Um,
0: <laughs> it sounds like was it Poochie in The Simpsons?
1: No, this is Poochie. Oh, also, no. added to, also added to the cast was a chimpanzee who, like Brett, is also indestructible. <laughs> an, indestructi- an indestructible chimp. It
0: sounds like Air Bud. The, the um... You know, the, uh... The, the spin-offs. <laughs> I can't remember what
1: they're called. But, uh, the freaky okay. franchise. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. The, the, the fourth season that never was. I think it's one of the great tragedies of TV that this fourth season was never <laughs> produced. With, with a streetwise youngster and an indestructible mon- monkey. It would have been great. Um. But... Uh, CBS canceled the show due to its low ratings. I'm and, not uh, surprised. <laughs> and, yeah. Is there, like, an, an equivalent for jumping the shark? It's like making the chimp indestructible? <laughs> I feel like that should be. Um, but the Incredible Hiring the Hulk, monkey. Hiring the monkey, there we go. The Incredible Hulk, uh, another comic book show, took Wonder Woman's slot. Check out episode 32 of Two Geeks, Two Beers for more on that show. <laughs> uh... Lyle Wagoner, he, he said at the time, if Wonder Woman had been allowed to keep fighting the Nazis, she would have been on for a very long time. He was a fan of the original format of the show, wasn't so keen on the update and the various crazy antics that ensued.
0: Well, it sounds like it never really got a good fair run. At it. It, it, like, it never really stayed in one place and did the same thing long enough. So mm. it just kind of, each new season, it just changed too
1: much. It certainly never did the, uh, the whole indestructible chimp thing for long enough. <sighs> Huh. I would have happily seen more of that. <laughs> but despite cancellation, uh, the show's legacy continues. Uh, cool. Aspects of the show, including the spinning transformation, uh, were incorporated into the comics, and DC have published a Wonder Woman 77 comic set within the TV show's continuity, nice. uh, which included crossovers with the Bionic Woman and the 60s Adam West Batman series. Nice. Nice. Uh, and in 2016, following the success of new animated films based on the 60s Batman, starring Adam West and Burt Ward, one, Warner Brothers said it was considering making an animated Wonder Woman film with Linda Carter reprising the lead role. It hasn't happened yet. Who knows? It was only three years ago, and these things take a little while mm. to develop, and obviously everything's on hold at the moment. So yeah. maybe at last we will see justice for the indestructible monkey. <laughs> yeah. So in uh, in 2017... Uh, Linda Carter said of the role and the way it follows her about many actresses or actors they want to divorce themselves from a role because we're actors we really aren't the people we play but I knew very early on that this character is much more than me certainly and to try and divorce myself from the experiences that other people have of the character is silly and uh, (laughs) Carter posted this recently Um, it's a image of her with her original uh, an image of her today with her original Wonder Woman costume uh, framed uh, and I'll just send this to you now, Tom. Okay. 68 years old.
0: Bloody hell. I'm hardly aged.
1: I don't... Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're not trying to be lecture here at all, but Linda Carter looks incredible for 68 years years of age.
0: She really does. Well done.
1: Gl- glowing. Well done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Has she ever had any kind of potential comeback, like a cameo in the new films?
1: It's like you're reading my mind. Okay, it's cool. like you're reading okay. my mind. I- it's it's yeah. like you're reading my mind, like she read that dolphin's mind. <laughs> so, uh... Patty Jenkins, who is the director of the 2017 film Wonder Woman with Gal Gadot, uh, she was keen to have Linda Carter make a cameo in the movie, but it never happened due to a scheduling conflict.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, but make Carter has... Well, Carter has said she is game to appear in the sequels. So who knows? She may have shot a secret cameo I for say. Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. But that's about it. Thoughts? Well, as I say,
0: um, it's just ear, isn't it? Those shows because it wasn't our era where it was before our time, um, they, they always are a little bit dated. They are a little bit of its time, but they're still a hell of a, a lot of fun. I don't know if I'd sit down and watch the entire season, start a series, but um, especially not, not with a monkey. It doesn't have the monkey in it, so what's the point? Um, but yeah, um, again, I th- just don't think it had its uh, fair shot um, at the lasso. Uh, that it deserved but um looked good from what I could see there
1: you go and you, you are a very grumpy man you're not easily impressed so no, that's actually no. a, glo- a glowing review coming from you I mean
0: Lyle Wagoner alone is worth it <laughs> that's very you've you, you've
1: discovered a new man crush in Lyle yeah
0: yeah, yeah.
1: well that is it um, but listen back to all 65 of our previous episodes at our website take a trip in your invisible jet to uh, com. Um, We're also on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, anywhere you can find podcasts. You can find Two Geeks, Two Beers. (laughs) And subscribe, rate and review, for goodness sake.
0: Please. Um, And we're on all the uh, social channels, as ever, at Two Geeks Cast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and YouTube. Uh, If you search for us on there, you'll find lots of uh, little clips as we uh, upload them. And we're going to upload full episodes as well. Um, just to make it easier for you to listen to, if that's what you prefer.
1: And we're also on Patreon, where you can uh, sponsor the podcast, helping to fund our recording sessions, our equipment, all the money you donate would be going back directly into helping make the show. And we're not asking something for nothing, you'll get special bonus material, obviously. Yeah, obviously. including Obviously. Including exclusive Patreon-only episodes, outtakes, and depending on how much you donate, even a mini episode or full-length episode that's exclusive to you. And you can also email us at podcast at twogeeks2beers.com. Is there a comic book TV show or film that we haven't tapped yet that we should have? Probably not. I've done a lot of them. But <laughs> let, let us know at podcast at twogeeks2beers.com. Now, to play us out mm. from the Wonder Woman episode, Amazon Hot Wax, in <laughs> which Diana poses as a singer to expose an extortion ring in the record business, oh, of course. <laughs> here's Linda Carter, and she's got, got some lungs on her with. Want to get beside you. Amazing. Everybody
0: is in the same boat, baby. Everybody's got a row. Everybody is in the same place, baby. I love that she's undercover as a singer. She's incredible at singing. Just an incredible singer. Did they have the charts in her homeland? <laughs> well, like the Paradise Island charts.
2: Yeah. She knew all about funk and disco.